Hey, man. So we keep the sports takes going here. Uh, we open up by discussing Nate Hackett and not being able to hack it in Denver. And then that conversation kind of shifts into the back. We go to we, we talk about Russell Wilson, you know, Russell hustle and bustle. And you kind of know where I end up on this conversation, right? Blaming Russ for everything. Not everything, but putting, you know, putting a lot of the blame at Russ's feet, unlike my co-host. And then we start talking a little basketball. We talk about Lucas' historic game. We talk about Nikola Jokic, and I finally have to take a slice of that humble pie uh, with Luka and Jokic. And we close it out by discussing whether or not NBA players could transition to the NFL better than NFL players could to the NBA. Hope you enjoy. We got to talk about Nathaniel Hackett. You know, that hack of a coach. Carrot Top, yeah, he's no longer wearing the blue and orange. And, um, you know, I, some of us think it's long overdue. Uh, people I know are blaming him totally for the entire season and not giving Russ any accountability. Uh, you know, Who's blaming I, him for that out of curiosity? Huh? Whom? I mean, I'm I'm one who believes that Russell Wilson. Well, we uh, know what you believe, but, but but whom is blaming? Josh Holsey. Oh, okay, so did we got another listener? Yeah, I don't Call know. Call No, no, no. It didn't, it didn't come through. You just oh, hung okay. up. How's that? They so, caller, you're. <laughs> so, uh. <laughs> Yeah, we'll let that sit there for a second. Let's listen to what Russ had to say after the firing of his head coach. You know, uh, obviously, you know, devastated by Coach Hackett because I think he's an amazing man, amazing teacher, amazing father, just watching him and his kids and what he's been able to do and how he's taught the game for us. Um, you know, this season has been uh, a season that we never thought it was going to happen the way it did. Um, and uh, he was a guy that spent all his time, all of his effort, into us as, as players, as staff members, everybody coaches as well. And so I think that he um, he's going to be an amazing coach. Um, he's one of the brighter minds I've been around. And um, I think also, too, you know, it's been a crazy season, tons of injuries, tons of everything else. But the reality is, is that, you know, I, I wish I could have played better for him, too. You know, I wish I could have played at the, at the standard and the level that I've played, you know, I've always played at and known how to play at. So, um, but yeah. I'm cutting him off because I know a liar when I hear one. <laughs> man, man, man had no confidence at the podium. He didn't make eye contact while he was speaking. He was staring. He was looking down the whole time. It, it's just typical Russell Westbrook. Did he, did he just leave out what he wanted to say? Uh, a liar. Anytime, anytime. You don't think uh, that he believed what he said? No, I don't. He he said the man with a I mean he said the man with a good dad. What the hell does the man having to be a good dad have to do with, so with him being a coach? I'm just curious. He would know him a little bit better than we do, right? Like from that level, possibly. Hey, considering look, look look here, Parley Peep. I know that you're a good dad, right? I, I do you know, know that. You notice he didn't say. You notice he never said he's a good coach. Exactly. He said but, he used the term teacher because the reality is, and I'm going to let you finish but i'm uh, not to kanye this thing but like he there's a reason he didn't say that because that was an issue clearly that's why he didn't say it and i'm not giving russ uh comments are coming in kind of fast uh but i'm I, i'm not giving russ a uh pass 
right, for his play. But what I will say is that, for one, you're stuck with Russ if you're Denver. But two, Hackett was an issue, and we everybody knew that from outside the NFL. The first game told us that. Well, I think that uh, the YouTube user Justice Hodge said that. But that was well, an issue. And then even FG5 is saying Russ Super Bowl winner is supposed to bring championship level play to that city and city bought inflation, which was true too. Like you can blame both sides, but one guy is locked up for an amount of time. The other guy, if he signed a five year, $30 million deal, what's a $5 million. I mean, let's talk about the quarter billion dollar guy who is, who is there, you know, Mr. 10 park and spots, Mr. Office, Mr. Team three. Right. Uh, and this came okay. from Shannon, Shannon Sharp. I, I trust what he has to say about the Denver Broncos. Yeah, he maybe is pro-organization biased, but he gets to call John Elway, and John Elway answers his phone calls. You know, he's around the organization. He was just in in, in the era recently when he interviewed uh, Deion Sanders in Boulder. I'm sure he stopped by Denver. Uh, Russell Wilson wants to be famous more than he wants to be a good football player. The players inside that locker room don't like him. He has not earned their respect. He thinks he's better than they are, and they sense it. You hear that from Shannon Sharp, and I go, yeah, that's what it looks like to me. Then I listen to to Pat McAfee today, and I hear how they talk about Russell Wilson. And apparently there's, like, this video he posts on his page of, like, his handlers and him trying to choose what suit he should wear. And you go. I saw that, and it was like, like, it was like, Seven or eight people, a lot of them were white, yeah, yeah, yeah. They weren't even men. a lot of them were women. I saw it, yeah, I saw it. And, and you just watch some of the corny stuff that he does. You see the Cortland Sutton, Sutton play where Russ throws the pick, and he's like, Hey, bruh, I'm open. Do you, do, you, do you see me? And we've all been around some corny people in our life, we've been around some guys who are just like, Meh, but as long as you're contributing to the cause, we, we can look past the. bullshit. But the second you're not pulling your weight and, and you ain't doing what you're supposed to be doing, like, hey, your job is to bring the booze. Bring the booze. We're 19. We need booze. You got to bring the booze. We're going to have everything else. We got the spot. We got the chicks. We got this. We got that. You got to bring booze. When that guy stops bringing booze, we don't want to deal with him no more. And Russ. But what if the coordinator, in, in, in a sense of the head coach, Hackett, what if in a situation to, to allude to your analogy with booze, what if I live in an area where there's no liquor stores, there's no gas stations, and you live right next door to a liquor store and a gas station that has booze, and they're better priced. It could be on, you know, I've got some military friends, and it might be cheaper there or something. And I, you know I'm good for the money. You have access to that. And I say, well, you buy them, and I'll give you the money. How does that work? I mean, I, there are many different ways to where it might not be your fault that you're not able to provide the best way that you can when you can provide even better if you've got somebody else doing their job. Let's Maybe talk about inter- let's talk about interception number three uh, on Sunday. Uh, okay. Russell Wilson throws the ball to the end zone in double coverage, and Jalen Ramsey picks it off. He could have okay, he could have ran for 10 yards and got the first down. That sounds like a business decision. On his, I mean, he just got concussed the last game he played before that, you know? I mean, he, he, I'm not saying he's afraid he was, anymore because he was running, he, top quarterbacks he, don't t- How many top quarterbacks do you know that get concussed? 
Two is not one of them. So let's not bring him up. <laughs> name, not, no, seriously. No, name no, no. Super Bowl winning that you know that's gotten concussed. Brady says he's. Uh, Brady says he hasn't been concussed, but Giselle says he has. He has never been pulled out of a game because of that. I, name somebody no. that's been pulled out of a game that's won a Super Bowl I, that is still playing. Oh, I hell, even. Most quarterbacks don't take those types of hits, and the quarterbacks who did, when they took those hits, we didn't have the concussion protocols that we have today. So, it, and, and they weren't guys that were mobile. Brady's not mobile. The fuck, I don't care if Brady's had a concussion or not. He doesn't run. His concussions came from when Brady Jarrett gets a uh, roughing the fucking passer type play at the end of the game that decides the game. Like those are the type of hits that he's taking. Russ took one because he fucking went for it and got stopped like at the one yard line. Like that's how Russ got his. Well, again, that's that's speaking to Russ's poor judgment, man. Like his judgment has been terrible this year. His judgment so now been it's bad when he does run. Now it's poor judgment if he decides to run. If he actually does it, he got like nine yards on the play too. Hey, look, hey, hey, hey look here, man. Look, look here. There, if you if you steal all the time and you never get caught, you're not a thief. The second you get caught, you're a thief. Okay, fair. I'm enough. just saying. I'm just saying. Like no, that's fair. That, when that's the bat, a fair way. So you gotta you gotta know when to hold him. You gotta know when to fold him. And apparently this year, Russell has not played his cards properly as we've expected him to do in the way he's done it in the past. So when you're not playing well and you're a cornball brother, in the in the words of my man Rob Parker, you know, ain't nobody, ain't nobody his job at ESPN too. Granted, well, granted. Rob wasn't on it Monday Night Countdown, which I think pays a little bit more maybe than what Rob's contributions were to ESPN. But that Cornball Brothers working at the same network he was, I don't even know where Rob Parker is these days. But uh, He has a radio show at Fox, and he's running the sports journalism department at USC. Good for I Rob. Take, I'm glad. I take LA over Bristol. <laughs> sure. I think overall, sure. Sure, 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 sure. Uh any else in barbershop stuff though. I don't uh, think Rob Parker's ever called game. But uh, and we know that the play callers get the most money because that's why Troy and Joe are paid handsomely by that same network. But uh well, oh well, yeah. So yeah, it's, it's <laughs> nothing against Rob. I'm just simply saying the same person he talked about got to take a position oh, well, that appeared on. to be higher within that organization. RG3 is also calling. Well, no, they, they they give him like the B games. He's getting some pretty decent college games. He's calling a lot of, yeah. I mean, yeah, he called, yes, he called the HBCU game to start, right? But like, you know, RG3's got to call Michigan games this year. Like, uh, hey, he how, said something about the guy coming or something. Hey, how bad is Kirk Herbstreit on Thursdays? I feel like he's got too much on his plate, and but the money's so good to where he can, you know, mix in that stuff. But I think that he more focused on the Georgia game, especially with a game like tonight, where we knew who was going to win, right? Yeah. He could, the only thing that Kirk could do in a game like tonight is talk about how uh, the top, you know, Dobbs is the guy that he saw on the SEC, so he knows who he is, but like. There's only but so much he can really kind of get out of that. And then with, with Al, Al's at the end of his career. He's a legend. Kirk is we know Al. Al. I know Al. Kirk, Kirk is beneath Al. 
Well, court overall, yes, as a partner. Yes. In the way the Al, in the way the Al treats him. But hey, uh, real quick before we go into pop, Troy would be, do you think Troy will work well with Al? Troy will work well with anybody. Troy's good. Okay, all right. Uh, I just want to know as a commentator, do you think that? He, yeah, absolutely. How would that dynamic look? I just want Al and Chris back so I can just hate my TV on Sunday nights. Like I don't even hate I don't even hate Tariko and, and Chris now. I just don't listen to them. Like I would hate listen to to Chris and Al. But uh, let let's talk real quick about some would say the second best basketball performance in NBA history. Lucas okay. 20 and ten. We were actually on the phone while it happened. Yeah, why well, it, it 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 shocked me. Um, I I would say for sure, for sure, it's it's up there. That has to be up there in terms of. I mean, obviously, there's more stakes in a playoff game whenever something big happens. But in terms of just and knowing, can I eat, uh, can I, is it time for me to eat my humble pie on Luca now? I think so. I, I don't think that – I mean, we've been saying it for years now. And hey guys, maybe this will even help us. Hey, guys, let me tell you something. Luca had one of the best games that's ever that's ever been played in my life, best regular season games, right, just from an individual point of view. Uh, as much as I like that, that Luca – excuse me, that the Hawks took Trey – as a personality for the city, and we added that extra pick that became DeAndre Hunter. Uh, I didn't think it was wrong when it happened, and up until Trey Young asked, uh, the rumors came about Trey being asking to get out. I say, Trey, Trey, and DeAndre Hunter, healthy DeAndre Hunter, gets you closer to a championship than Luca by himself. I, I, I still believe that to this day. But and how about you? We're going to get the Jokic stick. That's why I got him up there. But what I'll tell you is, is that nothing about Luka's 60, 20, and 10 game changes what I think about Luka. I think Luka is an all-time talent. I think Luka is an amazing individual basketball player. But to this day, I believe that his style of play does not work well with other players over uh, uh, the course of a season. You cannot be a heliocentric player like Luca. Everything revolves around me. I dribble the air out of the ball and expect everyone else to play their best basketball, high-end players to play their best basketball alongside him. Jalen Brunson's now in New York, and guess what? He's averaging 20 points a game over his 16. You know why? Because he gets more touches, because he can get – a better feel for the game, and he can play more free instead of always having to play off of Luca. Now, now we got the the Jokic up here thing because Mr. Justice Hodges here wants me to also take my slice of humble pie on Nikola Jokic. I'm going to. I I think this year. Health being the the main factor, the Denver Nuggets finally have what it takes to be a championship winning team. When you look at the way their offense is constructed, you have you have Jamal Murray who can score from the perimeter as a lead guard. 
Then you have Michael Porter Jr. who can score off the ball as your wing scorer. He's 6'10". He is probably the most skilled. He's probably is the most skilled basketball player on that team when it comes to skill, athleticism, size, like the whole package, right? He was the he was number one until he 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 messed up his back, right? And then you got Jokic, who is a point center who can score, who can score from three levels, who can pass from three levels. He can run your off. He can run point from the post, but he can also just play post out of the post. I think this team had this is the only team that has one of two teams that has three level scoring to that degree. Obviously, the other team is the New Orleans Pelicans who have CJ McCollum, uh, Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson. But what you don't have on that team is the is the passing that Jokic provides. Brandon Ingram, he can definitely set the table for everybody. So here's what I'm going to say. Luca, Luca, Luca is a top three ish player in the league. I'm not going to argue that. Top three player in the league. Jokic. You, well, you Jok- said three ish. Three or three ish. Which one? Three ish, man. Like, it, we start so talking. He teeters, he, he teeters between five and three. Yeah. I mean, I, I saw your top five. No, no, no. no. Between five and three, but like, the the gap between one and five is much tighter than the gap between eight and ten. It's a tight Agreed. gap. I yeah, agree. so like no, I agree. okay, that's fair. So like my top three and my top five is damn near the same. Like it's because you could really kind of just pick your guy, just depends on what you like. Personally. Exactly. As a and and as a I'm not going to even say evaluator of talent, but just basically just based on what it is that you know about the game and what you like about the game. Right, but oh, I, I still- and by the way, we and, and the only reason I'm bringing this up is because the Jokic thing did come up. We can't even forget the game that he just had the other day. It was like 40, 27, and like 12. It was something ridiculous. He had a here. I was with the exact stats. And Zion just had 43 last night, like 43 or 14, like. 40, 20, a triple double with 40 and 27 is completely different from 43 points. But, I, saw uh, funny meme on, I, thought, I saw a funny meme on Facebook that said uh, NBA is a white man's league now. Here, let me pull it up. So this is what he had. Uh, hold on. Oh, wow, I knew you wanted 40, to go. On Christmas, he had 41. 15 and 15, but I'm talking about he had a game the week before Christmas where he had 40, 27, and 10 with two steals as well. <laughs> I just, I mean, I, I mean, he almost had a 40, 30, 10 game. I mean, he was three rebounds shy. If the game went into overtime, he would have got it. So, like, here's the thing I just want to see, I just want to see how that plays out during the summer. Because I know what he is individually capable of. And I think that when we talk about Luka, when we talk about Jokic, people mistake what I what I look at what they do in a team concept and how that plays off in the playoffs as a knock okay. on their individual talent. Like, no, bro. Like, what they do individually is amazing. Just like I could make an argument that Kyrie is the single most skilled player in the NBA. But I can also say that 
his skill level does not always equate to winning if he's the focal point because him being his best does not always make everyone else their best, you know, like, okay. Like LeBron James at his best with high end role players, you know, in a, in a rim protector. Whereas clay is at his best when he has Steph Curry and Draymond, like, you know what I mean? Stretching the floor. Like, it's it's about finding the right formula for the players to be their best. And unfortunately for Luca, he's going to fall into what James Harden fell into uh, in Houston is that, yo, you at your best does not make anybody else that much better. You got like your Maxi Klebas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, 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 they'll be good. But like that, that other, that other motherfucker that you need to make y'all right. Won't want to play with you because of the way that you play. I mean, I like I get that, but like at the same time, who does more with less than Luka Doncic in the NBA? I mean, Seriously, but, who's the second best player on the Mavericks? Team? Is it Christian Wood? I, I don't know. Or is it uh, Spencer Dinwiddie? Like two guys that are like honestly eerily similar in terms but, of how they became even players on the team. Like they're good, but like. Nobody, I think Spence got like a hundred million dollar deal by the Nets, but that's because that was before the KD cut. Like they paid that man. He and his hundred million dollar deal is like a six year one. But so it's like not like the same. Like he still makes like eighteen million dollars a year. Or so. But, so, but the thing, the thing about Luka Doncic is he plays a game that allows him to do better with less because I don't think he can do as much as he. He's not his best self with more. But he needs more to win a championship, if that makes sense. Like, yeah, he can do a lot with less. He can drag LeBron and Cleveland can drag less to a finals. But you're not going to win with that. That You just don't have enough talent on the floor. So at some point, you got to change your game. Right. And maybe he hasn't had the teammates because I listen to Gilbert Arenas a lot. And Gilbert talks about, like, yo, 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 y'all be like, you should pass more. You don't see what work these guys put in. Why would I pass this? Why would I pass this man the ball when he's coming to the game smelling like last night? Hey, bro, it's 730. Why do you smell like booze and strippers? I didn't go out last night. I spent five hours in the gym after practice. I spent two hours in the gym before practice. I did a full regular human beings work day doing extra work and I practiced. Why should I give you the ball? And I think that's the other side of it that we miss when we're talking about this stuff because we just don't know the real relationships and the work. But you got to think, man. I mean, the league, the, the NBA of all leagues, and this is just my personal opinion. Obviously, I know you play ball too. I play ball. Um, always been a fan. Um, hold on one second. Come on, man. You can't be like mid-sentence and be like, hold on a second. No, no, I'm sorry. I it, I had a bet on the under in the Washington Texas game in Hudson, not Hudson card. Uh, Quinn Ewers threw a pick, so I got my under. But, uh, no, I, I, I just think that with the league, it's one of those things where this is the hardest league to play in, which, I, you know, I'd love to get. That's also called. No. Say again. Did Josh Hosey call in? No, you want me to call him? No, you don't have to call him. But 
he we had a conversation about this on Christmas Day where it was uh, which was something actually uh, we didn't even discuss this in pre uh, production. But what we will do is I'll bring it up just briefly and maybe we can expound on it later. But point being, it was about NBA players making trans basically guys that could play in the, that that could have played in either league potentially uh, or just in general the leagues and who could switch. Uh, Keep going. It's it's it was irrelevant. I liked it. Okay, Washington's more successful in USC football. All right, yeah, yeah understood. <laughs> uh, the the irony of this game is Sark and um, the fact that he coached at Washington, of course. But nonetheless, um, you can you can look at this stuff any type of way. But my thought is just that the there are more guys that played in the NBA that could transition to the NFL as opposed to NFL players that could play in the NBA. And my reason for saying that is, is that when we look at the top guys that were, uh, that played in the NBA that could have easily been NFL players, there's more of those than there are NFL guys that could have played in the NBA. And that is a fact. That's not even up for the debate. Oh, a lot of that's, uh, a lot of that is body Julius Peppers played basketball. I know he played football at UNC too, but he played. Look, it is tough for a nigga to play on UNC's basketball team. Walk on, not a walk on. It doesn't matter if you play at UNC. You're probably fucking good at basketball. Like you're, you're elite. Like you're really good at basketball if you play for UNC. Julius Peppers did both, but I, he played basketball there. He went to the NFL. He's like one of the biggest sack artists. Allen Iverson was a quarterback, Gatorade player of the year for the state of Virginia, a state that had Aaron Brooks, a state that had Michael Vick around the same era. And uh, yeah, well, it wasn't the same era, but it was close. Yeah, point I mean, being, came from the same, yeah, because he got drafted in 96, so I was wrong. But point being, AI was all, he was the best player basically in football in the state of Virginia but he's an all-time great in basketball. There's not many guys that are all-time greats in the NFL that you could say, oh, yeah, he would have been a beast in the NBA. Like, like who knows? Maybe AI could have been Vic before Vic, right? Maybe, but AI like, is real, also, We don't AI we'll, we'll also, never know. Charles AI Moore, one of uh, them. And what is Vic? 6'1", 200. 200? Yeah, I mean, so I'm just saying – I'm not saying – look, Colin Murray, I know he's hurt now, but $200 million man too, correct? Could Vic – could AI have not maybe – if look, and I'll say this. Me different and era. one of the – Different era, fair. Me and one of the YouTube commerce went to Allen Iverson's basketball camp when he was with the Nuggets. He had just got traded to the Nuggets. So he showed up to the high school that the camp was at. We went to AI's camp. And this brother threw was throwing a football in there. He could still spit it. And now we're talking nuggets. So he was probably 32, 33. That motherfucker. No, I'm dead fucking serious. Whoa. And if, hey, he, uh, if he's still if he's still watching, maybe he can comment it too. He was throwing a football in there. And hey, the spin uh, on that ball was dangerous. He was bouncing a football. And look, we can all bounce a football. But he was bouncing it like a basketball and going between his legs. That's a talented motherfucker. Well, yeah, I'm he's, just saying, he's 
there are more NBA niggas that could be in the NFL than there are NFL niggas that could be in the NBA. And you know that by playing against football playing motherfuckers that play basketball. Yeah, football niggas could, could play varsity basketball. Duh. We know that. Just like basketball niggas can play varsity football. But at the same time, who really had the better chance of success? LeBron would be one of the best tight ends of all time in reality if he played in the NFL. We know this. Like, we don't know it, but we know it. We can assume well, it. Well, here's, here, and I, here, here's the difference, right? Um, football athleticism is, for, mo- for a lot of the positions, right, when you start thinking about the basketball to football crossover, athleticism is like the, the key thing that can drive you in football. Athleticism, okay. you got you got physicality and you have a mindset, right? Because a lot of basketball players don't think like football players, you know. So the okay. mind the mindset itself is totally different. So okay, yeah, John Morant has all the athleticism in the world to be a a high end corner, you know what I mean, or a little slot yeah. receiver. But does he have the a I got this 300-pounder running at me, and I got to chop him in order to let my mans make the play. Am I going to do that? You know, so I think the no. – if, if we're going to talk basketball to football seven-on-seven, seven, absolutely, the basketball players can go play seven-on-seven. Seven. But when it comes to actually taking that hit, feeling that pain, it, you can't really evaluate that. And a lot of times those basketball players get weeded out at an earlier age, and they stop playing football because – it, Is it, that the reason you think that they stop playing? I think that's part of or it. Because they, or just because the reality is, man, I'm a freak athlete. I could play either. But even though the NFL is easier to get into because there's more rounds, there's more roster, there's more teams, the NBA is a selective few. If you were one of the best basketball players on the planet, that is hard. to Even bums. Hey, guys hey, that are bums. Like like uh Anthony Bennett, bro, top pick, right? But like bum, right? Like bum, all, all in all, bum to everybody. Okay, that nigga is still one of the best basketball players to ever pick up a ball. True, not because he was overvalued at where he got drafted, but because it is so hard to even convince an NBA team that you are one of the best players in the world. Like in the NFL, you can blow through drafting a quarterback that doesn't work out. The Cavs, of course, blew through a guy like Anthony Bennett. The Blazers blew through a guy like Greg Oden, which was his was not skill. It was injury. It was injury. But I'm just simply saying, that's my point. My point is, is that in the NFL, you need it, – it ain't that hard for Tony Gonzalez to convert from power forward to tight end. Well, no, because tight end is a unique position, and Tony Gonzalez was a pass catching tight end, so it, it, it's different. It's different. But that's why, don't you think that there's prime? All right, let's look at prime, right? Prime played baseball, but prime well, did baseball they get is a dunk like, Baseball is the hardest sport. I don't know. I'm, I'm, not, I'm just bringing it up because he's a multi, he did multiple sports, and he played professionally in both. Like, there's been nobody, nobody will ever, maybe, well, I tell you what, let me not speak too soon. Maybe there will be a kid one day 
that doubt can play it. in the NBA and the NFL. I highly doubt it. I don't even know how Prime did it for baseball or Bo Jackson, but those are freak athletes. Like, ah. Those are dudes that are just elite, like both ways. They're elite hey. players. Well, let me tell you something about Prime because I, I listened to his interview on uh, Shannon Sharp's uh, podcast. I'm not going to shout him out because he gets more listeners to me. Um, and he hasn't tweeted me back because I'm trying to get some bottles for Boink's uh, bachelor party and his website Did sold you tweet out. Him? Yeah, I, I tweeted him today because I went to on the website to get two bottles for the bachelor party and and they're sold out. I'm like, oh, I need some bottles. So, anyways, Prime. Prime is one of those, he's one of those different type of athletes, though, right? Because when they told him he couldn't do football and, and, and baseball, he's like, bro, I've done it my whole life, so why can't I do it now? Like, fuck. And when he ran, went to the combine, he ran 4-2. He didn't stretch. And he was like, they were like, why didn't you stretch? A cheetah don't stretch when he sees his prey. He, he run. <laughs> <laughs> nigga said he never like he said he never stretched. He like I'm still I'm not flexible. I'm still prime. tight. Yes, prime. But you know what? Gosh, there's so many dogs out here. Yeah, he just want he just one of them. And like I think that what was what's what's hurting sports to a certain degree is we're throwing a lot of sports science into this stuff at a young age, and people are forgetting about the resiliency of the human body. And that, like, if yo, if you're just a little kid who play outside all the time and you just be running all the time, yeah, stretching helps, but you don't have to rely on stretching because your muscles adapt to you just going from sitting in class to going to recess and playing tag. And then when you stop that, then now you got to stretch and now you got these soft tissue injuries like they're the reason why there were less soft tissue injuries back in the day and it's not just because people are bigger faster stronger but we gotta get the pop culture soon because we're at oh, we're at an hour and a half yeah here, here, and, we will. and i just want to say one more thing on this on that okay. specifically i am so blessed to know i as we know which he will be a future guest on this podcast I'm blessed to know a guy literally that is in the NBA currently, obviously, and he's a younger dude. But like the one of the things that I take away from knowing him, Colin Sexton, is that to see a dude like kind of do that shit, it's like it is different because you, especially if you saw it from the beginning and to see like the development of it. I just think that with the NBA, if there's so much more that goes into playing basketball and becoming a player that not only just gets in the NBA, but of course, if you're able to get drafted and then to be drafted high, I think, I just think that like, you really got to be very good at basketball. I think that you can slide through and not be that good at football and then develop in college and become a great football player. That's why Josh Allen had no fucking offers and he's from California. He's from California, but Wyoming is who gets him in. He goes in there and then NFL guys are like, man, he's big as fuck. He can run and he's got a strong arm. The accuracy ain't there, but then again, look who he's throwing at. Where's his old line? Who's his competition? There's so many different ways. I feel like it's very hard to, to pinpoint a great NBA player. That's why Christian Leitner might be the greatest college basketball player of all time. But in reality, college basketball doesn't translate to the NBA, just like same with college football. Well, in reality, it does well, not yeah, translate. It does, but the Christian. but but. Certain positions do not handle, bro. Like it's 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 
it, the the when you start talking about the translation, that's a totally different conversation because you got to talk it about is. you got to talk about fit at the next level. Are you are you allowed to play the way? Are you allowed to play to, to towards your strengths? Remember when Christian Leitner came to the Hawks, he averaged like twenty a game, and I want to say he made an All Star game. You go, oh, he did. He was an All Star. The Jordan let Jordan last year. He was on the team. You go, oh no, he's yeah. not. It's in the document, he didn't like. But he was actually Leitner. He was nice given the he was given the opportunity to play his game his way, and, and too often it, it happens. NFL, NBA is that you're putting uh round holes and uh, square pegs and round holes because coaches have big egos, general managers have egos about how they want to run their team. They go, I want this guy to be this way. Like we look at it in Atlanta when Jim Mora came to town and wanted Michael Vick to be a a West Coast quarterback. Nah, bro, he is not a a a precision passer. Like we don't know. Now, but Andy, Andy Reid. Hold on, 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 hold a blanket West Coast offense. He goes, okay, here's what you're good at. And if obviously we know Andy Reid's one of the best play callers, play designers in NFL history. And he brought out yeah. like the best in Michael Vick in that in a similar system, but the way that Jim Moore was running it, it's like, nah, dog. With Michael Vick, it has to be more like what Russell Wilson did in Seattle. We're gonna run the ball. We're gonna allow him to make off schedule plays and then when it's time to 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 run that play action shot play, that's what he's here for because this nigga got a boomstick. Right. So I think, and the same thing with basketball, man. It's all about scheme. It's all about fit and letting people do what they do. But hey, can we talk a little uh a little uh uh pop culture? We can. And let me just end it on end the the last uh segment here with this. It just with the regards to the Michael Vick, uh, just with the comment of the coach. At the end of the day, that's where GMs get fired. They get fired because of shit, dumb shit like that. And that's why the player is powerful, and that's why when the Broncos decide to whoever it is that they hire, which you know, of course, uh, Dan Quinn's, which I'm, I'm almost certain that they offered Dan Quinn the job a year ago, but. I don't think that Russ was signed before then. Russ has a relationship with Dan Quinn, and I'll leave it at that. Go ahead. Hey, well, that concludes the show. Threw a little curveball at you, didn't I? But, hey, man, glad you all enjoyed it. Subscribe, rate, review. Stick around for part three.